Welcome to Behind the Curtain, LA Opera's podcast series in which we look deeply at the creative process and explore opera's enduring themes and power to move us. In this episode, director of LA Opera Connects, Andrea Fuentes, interviews Ashley Fatualia, Cedric Berry, and Patrick Blackwell, who discussed their experiences as part of the cast for Omar. This recording was made as part of Connect's professional development series for teachers, Opera for Educators. Don't miss the West Coast premiere of Omar at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion, October 22nd through November 13th. Tickets are available now at laopera.org. We are going to hear from three wonderful performing artists who have been involved in our learning and educational programs, as well as being on the main stage. We're joined by Patrick Blackwell, Ashley Fatualia, and Cedric Berry, and they are phenomenal performers, phenomenal people, and I'm just excited to be joined by them today. But we're just going to open it up to the three of you. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. And I think the first question I'd have for you is just for a little context for our audience. Can you tell us a little bit about your experiences as a performing artist and how you came to be a performing artist, how you knew this was what you wanted to do. And um, Patrick, well, I'll throw it to you. When I was a kid, I always enjoyed uh, reciting poetry and reciting silliness sometimes uh, before family members, relative, other relatives, church members, you name it. Uh, there was something very gratifying about being in front of people and reciting. I think that's where it all begins, is when you're comfortable with people, you figure out in life something speaks to you, speaks to the soul. Music always spoke to the soul. Yeah, that's how it began with me. Thank you. Um, Ashley, can I throw it to you? Sort of the same, you know, just early on, I was very engaged with my church family and my school programs of music and, and art, but I really just did that sort of like kids do. You participate and it wasn't until I was sitting around one summer and my mom was kind of like, you need to do something. You, that was the rule in our house, like every summer I had to do something. So that summer I went to theater camp and did drama and took lessons about the stage and I fell in love with it and I started taking voice lessons and slowly found out that you could study voice in college and do music as a career and, and was exposed to things like the programs that LA Opera offers and was able to find my path as a young person kind of fanboying about musical theater and opera and things as a young kid and then trying to find my way in that. So I went to college for it, studied and here I am. But it started really in programs as a kid doing, you know, little solo bits and whatever, whatever my part was, I was always really excited. And I was always really good with memorization, probably sort of the same as Patrick with recitation. It just something about, I could hear something and recite it back, a melody, a phrase, anything. Yeah, like my colleagues, I also started at a very, very young age, you know, singing, but I was mainly singing and dancing and acting and community efforts and in uh, church and things like that. But then when I went to, I was introduced to a school way at an early age in middle school called Interlochen Arts Academy. Uh, and it's a school where it's a magnet school for the arts. And uh, I went there for summer camp a couple of semesters and a couple of summers, excuse me, and got introduced to different types of music. And then when I decided to go there for high school, I was uh, deeply into theater and vocal arts, but at that time, vocal arts to me was gospel, pop, R&B, and things like that. So when I went to Interlochen and it was a high school, they uh, required me to major in one field, not in two. So I couldn't be a part of the vocal program and a theater program, so I had to choose. 
And when I um, was talking to the counselor, they said, you know, why don't you participate in the vocal program? Because that has an, an opera wing that combines both theater and voice. And I was like, what? Opera? No. So I said, <laughs> that didn't sound like anything I wanted to do. And they said, we'll try it out for a semester and see if it works for you. So I tried it out for a semester and lo and behold, I had a voice for it. And so that started my, my operatic journey at about age 14, 15 in high school. And I continued throughout that institution and then went to USC for both my undergrad and grad degrees from there and then started my journey as a professional performer. It's amazing to hear these three stories because I, I've had the great pleasure of hearing all of you sing and and actually getting quite emotional when I hear you sing because like you're you're such passionate performers and your voices are so amazing that like I've I've really been moved by all three of you. I'm not just saying that. Like I I've really been touched when I like listen to you sing. And I know that you are, you know, prolific in what you do. You do a lot of different types of performances and a lot of different types of venues. What draws you to a particular project or collaboration? How do you decide, like, this is sort of the, as an artist, like, what, how do you decide, I want to do this particular project? Ashley, could we start with you? Uh, often, I find that it's, especially in a city like LA, where there's a lot of interesting things happening in music right now, and I guess always has been the case, I find myself using my colleagues a lot. Like, we work with each other, Cedric and I, Oftentimes we'll call each other, hey, have you heard about this? Hey, they're looking for a tenor. Or he'll sometimes call me and say, hey, I hope you don't mind I gave your name to so-and-so, which is always something that I'm grateful for. We do that in our, our little singer community. But beyond that, when I'm presented, say if someone calls and offers something, if I'm lucky enough, fortunate enough that someone was thinking of me, and it's a new project in particular or something that's sort of different, I do like to look over the, the, the piece and know as much as I can about particularly these days when we're talking about um, works like Omar and other things where you're talking about real people and real things. I like to know as much as I can about what the subject matter is before I say, yes, I want to do this artistic representation or depiction of this or that, because, you know, sometimes you find yourself in, in positions where you have to say, well, this may or may not honor the true story or whatever. And as an artist, I do or don't want to participate because of this, or that reason. And it gets that serious sometimes, but it just takes for me, looking at the group, what is the project? Who are the people involved? What is their intention? And what do they hope the impact of that is? Those things in the right places, that that lines up correctly, usually find myself in a pretty good place with interesting people, with wonderful collaborators and really cool projects. I've, I can go on and on about doing things in weird places and strange music with <laughs> different configurations of people, but it's also a way to find new audiences and to expand what, what's possible and to open the doors up, which is always our, our goal at LA Opera, is trying to open the doors up to more people, right? To, to letting everyone feel included. And I, I think that looking for projects that kind of have that in it as well. I think that fortunately, that's the vibe right now. A lot of the new opera is trying to be more inclusive, which is cool, but it's also just, it's nice to to be able to double check and know you're on, you're on the right team, on the right page. And like I said, word of mouth is huge. Yeah, my, my answer is actually very, very in line with uh, Ashley's, mainly because, and it, it actually starts, and I have an order, it starts with, who am I going to be singing with? <laughs> what, what the community is, if it's going to, be a comfortable experience or not that actually pulls a lot of weight um, but the other equal factor is what the music is not in addition to what ashley said about its content and especially you know a lot of us do a lot of new music 
and it's popular at this point. It is very important. In fact, I just requested a score yesterday or Thursday before an offer I was made, mainly because you want to make sure that it's going to suit your voice accurately and reflect you accurately. And, and more important than that, not damage your voice. And a lot of people don't talk about that, but um, especially with new music and new composers, making sure that it's something that is going to be good for you and you're going to be a good match so that you can perform optimally and comfortably. That's parallel or second factor. And then the third factor is schedule. Trying to figure out if it just makes sense logistically, if it's going to overextend you, if you're going to, if you're at a point in your schedule where you have enough breathing room to put your best foot forward and it's not work, but it's something that you are enjoying doing. Because my creed for music at all times is that if that the audience will enjoy it, if you're enjoying it. So I basically make sure that those three factors are comfortable for me and comfortable enough for me to enjoy it because I know that if I enjoy it, then the audience will as well. I wholeheartedly agree with my colleagues. They are so brilliant. When I get an opportunity to do something new, I have to admit I get a little queasy only because uh, new music is new music and some of it's more difficult and challenging than others. Thank you very much for this background. I think it's helpful to contextualize what it's like to be an artist because many of us in the audience are are artists either semi-professionally or as amateurs. And so it's helpful to kind of get this context about what it's like to seek out um, or be offered particular projects and decide like, this is what I wanna work on or this is not what I wanna work on. And and that brings us really to Omar and how you became involved in this project. Um, Cedric, could we start with you? I think all of us were just contacted by the artistic uh, director of the of the Aqua Company. Um, most of us have a relationship with the company and have worked with the company for years. And he reached out to me and, and asked if this role would work. And luckily it did. It's a great little role. Basically the same. The casting director at Los Angeles Opera did reach out to me to ask of my interest. And of course, I was most interested and thrilled to be a part of it. Yeah, me three. <laughs> same. Uh. And so what drew you to this production? So so you knew, how was it presented to you in a way that you were like, yes, I, I this is a topic that I really want to address or, um, or, or what drew you into this? Um, Ashley, could we start with you? One of the things that I think I've been more sensitive to over the last few years is particularly the, the handling of uh, these subjects. So when I was approached about this, you know, immediately I wanted to see this, the score, which was also offered immediately. So that, that says something in and of itself. When everyone's sort of forthcoming with everything and explicitly clear about who would be working on the production and in what ways that would be happening, those things all let me know that the right intentions are again in place. It was also presented originally, the snippet that is our scene that we will be singing uh, in the actual show with, uh, I guess, a different iteration. You know, this is still being finished and, and even in our last rehearsal, Rhiannon had a couple of edits she said might be in a new publication, she doesn't know, but it's it's like there's there's still a, a sense of creating this thing. And so the, the piece that we were given had um, just the, the chorus and then it said, I guess at that point, enslaved people, but the the, the comment that was given immediately was, these characters actually have names, and that's important to the overall structure, but also to the piece itself and, and to your part. And that little level of 
recognition, but also intention on the part of the composer, I'm sure, as I've, we've spoken now in person and, and I've received that information, but also on the part of the production, the, the company and everyone to say something that may have never been given that much attention before in a production that could have happened years ago, talking about the same subjects even, gets that attention t- on, a, on a level like this, that says something to me about our progression and also our intention. So for me, I was kind of like, yeah, also, I had heard a little bit about the show and I hadn't seen it. I wanted to hear more about the production and then I looked online and was just like, yes, I wanna be a part of this. It seems really cool, the story. I mean, you know, as heavy as it is, I think, yeah, wow, it, it makes sense that it's an opera. I mean, to say that we talk about all of these heavy and, and, and deep topics, and some of them of historical context, a lot of them actually. Yeah, this is great. And I think that, I don't wanna to say too much, but I think the production is gonna be really in, in, impactful too. I think from what we've seen, the diagrams, the little pictures and things, I think it could be very exciting. We, I, just gotta, I just gotta get my part right. <laughs> Everything Ashley said, because it was spot on. Um, but in addition to that, you know, I, I had heard about the piece before, but kind of in the peripheral. You know, you hear about all these new pieces and you don't get a chance to really research them and, and you know, until they're offered to your, you know, you're faced with it. And so when it was offered the opportunity, I went back and did a little more research about it because I have to admit, I didn't know the history. It's a shame that today so many, uh, so much of our history is, there's an effort to block, you know, so much of what happened. But, but intentionally, unintentionally, it was in my past as well, because I had never heard, never, the cold concept of a literate slave was never presented to me ever. You know, so when I researched this, I was like, now why on earth didn't I know this before now? <laughs> you know, that's the first thing that I thought. And there's been a lot of those epiphanies that have happened over the last few years. And it's just amazing how much we miss out on that we should not have missed out on. So for that reason alone, I was excited to do production because I think everyone should know our history, dark or not. Uh, everyone should know our history, and particularly if you of a certain ethnic group, you should definitely know your history. And so, for that reason alone, I was very, very excited to be a part of the project. But then, when you dive into the music and you hear all the different influences and how beautiful it is and how lyrical it is, that's also refreshing, particularly with new music. So, for all of those reasons, it was not only intriguing but uh, very, I was very happy to be not only invited to do it, but uh, to be a part of it. And, and as Patrick said, the West Coast premiere. Well, most definitely I was intrigued and to echo what Cedric just said so brilliantly, it is rather shameful that we only find these historical facts out when we are offered to be a part of it. I'm still grateful to be a part of it, but it would be wonderful if our history were more included when I did Anthony Davis's Amistad back in the fall of 1997, when it was presented to me, of course, a slave ship and, you know, the Africans actually took over the ship and, and made their way back. I'm in, intrigued and honored to be a part of the retelling of history, especially in, in my opinion, even though sadly Omar remained a slave, he, he was a, a literate man. He was a scholar. You know, there's something very powerful and captivating about that. So, yes, I will say no more, <laughs> but I uh, am very thrilled to be a part of it. Yeah. Thank you all for those uh, for those insights. I think it it's just nice to 
to have the context for kind of like what it's like to be brought into a production like this. And I think that brings me to my next question, which is just a sort of a general question. What is it like working with a new production or with living composers where you're telling a story that we've not seen a million times, you know, unlike Marriage of Figaro, where I know exactly what Rosina is going to look like. Um, what's it like to sort of work with something where maybe we don't have a visual context for what it looks like or where we're maybe looking to examples from our like theater or film backgrounds rather than to other operatic um, contexts as as audience members, what's it like to to sort of reimagine or or start to imagine a production like this? I I think it's delightful. If you are asked to do a production, you know, a new production that no one has seen before, no one has made their mark on a particular role, that's always a, a jewel to me because you're not being compared to Samuel Ramey or to Bren Turfel or to any of these greats. You are charting the path. And uh, you can do what you want to do. <laughs> and that's, that's what it is. And I love that. Uh, the other very, it's always really interesting and fun to have the composer around as well, because she came last week and, uh, and she gave us some insight into all of her influences. And she's, she's very passionate about this piece and she knows everything about it. And it was just so wonderful and the history and the story and all and why this happened and why that happened. It was very nice to have her around. But the other part of it is she gave her take on how we were performing it. And basically what the takeaway was for me, and Ashley can speak more to this because he had a one-on-one -on -one with her. Actually, I think Patrick did as well. She let us have more freedom in what we're doing than we would normally assume with any opera, even Mozart, you know, it's not around, been around for a long time, but we still stay in a box that we think we are required to stay in, whereas she gave us freedom to move around and to make the, the role our own. And that's, that's, that's invaluable when you are a singer because then you get to infuse yourself as much as possible as the character allows into that character and make it your own. And maybe in a few years or something, or if there's recording something, maybe you will be the one that, that set the standard for certain performance things it's just it was it was just delightful and the whole concept of having you know a new piece that hasn't been done before is delightful in, in itself for that very reason personally for me it's like reading a book a novel that you've never read before the story has to unfold as it will uh you don't know what's going to happen <laughs> and it and when it does unfold it's exciting because again you and everyone else of course you get to see the the uh, the inside uh, uh, productivity of it all, whereas the general public has to wait. Uh, but we all get to experience this great moment together, and there's something kind of thrilling about that. And as Cedric said so brilliantly, having the composer on hand really makes a huge difference. Now, I personally, being involved in the Antony and Cleopatra in San Francisco, was uh, uh, unfortunately I missed meeting Rianne in person. I did have a Zoom session with her yesterday, ironically, and it was delightful. It was truly delightful to 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 give to hear her give me that her blessing, both complimentary and, and a little critical as well, but to help me build this character in the piece that I've never done. And it was so positive that that I, I was just deeply humbled by this. So I'm excited. I'm just excited to to get to, a chance to meet her and uh, in person and be a part of this uh, epic project. 
Yeah, just to piggyback off what my colleagues have said, I, I agree that it is it's really um, exciting to explore something that hasn't ever been brought to fruition before. It's 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 sort of intimidating and daunting sometimes to think like that's whatever you set as the tone and the voice for this character is what it first lives as and could potentially influence other people's performances down the line, which is interesting how that happens in our art form. For me, it's really exciting because it's like, like, like my colleague said, it's really fun to be able to work with living composers who are typically, I, I don't think, I can't say that I've ever run into a composer who wasn't open to some kind of adjustment or change or agreeable to some kind of need that I had as a singer that would help serve everything better. They usually are really open to that sort of collaborative part of the process, which is like exciting to think about as a little music history nerd thinking about like, wow, this is like it must have been when Mozart was first premiering his magic flute with his sister-in-law and his, you know, like that's that's my little brain. Like, wow, it's kind of like being at the ground floor of something that could be, I, this this work in particular, I think my colleagues will agree with me, it feels like it could be canonical. It feels like it could be something that's done not just now. I mean, the way the music stands up is like, it, it. it's really it's really special, so you never know. And Cedric and I were recently a part of another Anthony Davis recording as Patrick has been, and it's like, you just, you don't know where these things are gonna show up or what's gonna happen, but to be a part of it, to sort of be able to, to, to present your ideas about something, how you really interpreted and felt about something as the first person to, to, to be a part of it is special, maybe even a little sacred. I feel like sometimes there's something really, really, really special about that. And when a composer is willing to open up and hear your comments and, and needs, this is a little different, you know? So it's, it's a privilege. Indeed. Yeah, I, I love these insights and, and this is like, I think really helpful for, for us as an audience who are going to experience Omar. Um, you mentioned that the people that you're portraying have names and that this was an important part of this process. I think I know the answer to this, but in terms of the people you're portraying, are, are, do you know, are you portraying like a person that Omar actually mentions in his writing or is it sort of a dramatized person that you're portraying? And, and what can you tell us about your character? Um, Ashley, could we start with you? Yeah, I, th I think they are dramatized. I think that they are meant to be individual, specialized sort of archetypes of representing experiences across the board on these ships on these this voyage of the middle passage in particular this is a scene that we appear in is the middle passage scene and when we got the chance um, when i got the chance to work with rihanna and, and hear her comment about that scene our scene in particular she said specifically that each one of our moments mine cedric and patrick's characters are their own little operas in her mind in that one moment and it's you know each one you'll see as as it happens it's it's brief but each one says something very different about their own particular experience as an individual person and i think that's the overall point here is that these were all people and every one of them had a story just as impactful and just as deeply horrifying as the next in terms of their experiences after this horrible thing happened in their lives. And what is really amazing in the text that we sing is that for two of us, there's a really clear before. And that's all I'll say about that. I'll leave the rest of my colleagues, but. You know, there are so many stories with regards to the Middle Passage and none of them are pretty. 
based on the historical facts. Uh, this was truly, truly, although none of us, I can wholeheartedly say that none of us uh, here present have ever lived through such a, an agony. And I'm, I'm, I don't mean to digress, but I'm, I'm saying all this to lead up to my, my character, who is quite, quite traumatized for obvious reasons. And in my opinion, he doesn't really quite know how to verbalize his angst and his misery, his unbelievable abject misery. And to the point where he's, in my opinion, just almost losing his mind, his wits, his mind. So, um, yeah, it's it's a very powerful moment. We all have powerful moments. And yes, as Ashley said, they are brief, but yet in that brevity, so powerful and so deep. Yeah, I think our characters, I mean, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, the guys, I think our characters are basically there and meant to humanize the whole ex experience and, and, the, and, and the, not the, the experience, but the people that were, you know, victims. And I think it also has a lot to do with language as well. I think that a lot of the staging and, and the set will characterize that as much because I think we're, while we're singing in, and speaking in English, I think we're meant to represent different areas of which we were, from which we were taken. And so we're basically showing a snapshot of who we were and our little parts. And of course, Omar is the one that they expand on because you know his his history is 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 rich and he was you know taken at in middle age basically having accomplished so much into captivity you know so it's it just character but any one of us i think what that that eric that part of the opera is meant to show is that you could have created a story line from any one of our experiences and we're just giving you a brief snapshot of what that is in that moment which is why i believe Rhiannon, the, the composer, told Ashley that uh, they're meant to be little mini operas in themselves because I think they could have been. But what the, we're actually pictured with Omar in the beginning. It's four of us. And then his story is the one that that kind of springs forward and takes off from there. It's, it's you know, it's deep and very interesting. And it's interesting that they did it in this way because I think it, it you know, it basically humanizes everyone. You're not a part of a group. You're an individual person. And it shows that so it just highlights the atrocity that happened to, to all of these individuals as opposed to characterizing all of them as just slaves or uneducated or or whatever uh the stereotype may be in whoever's thinking about it a uh, very interesting show i think that uh it, it will play well so this is a little bit of a, a more open question what should we as an audience look to in this piece. I, I, I usually ask this question because I love to hear artists' ideas of, of what to look for, because as a, a layperson to the opera, or as a person who's very well connected to the opera, who sees operas all the time, I think it's really valuable to hear from you all what you think we should be looking for or listening for, or if there's something that you think will really clue us into what you're experiencing when you're on stage. Um, is there something that you would tell us to look for? Well, I, I would think that they should listen for the the agony within the voices of the people. I think they should really listen to listen for their story. When 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 we use the word listen, and, and I don't mean this in a um, in a revolting way, but 
we don't, we as people, as Americans, as humans at large, we don't always listen to other people's stories. We, we take from it, we, we just skim through it. We, we take, you know, okay, that's it, boom. But no, there's a deeper underlying message really to every story. Uh, whatever opera, be it Mozart, Puccini, Verdi, Rossini, doesn't matter. There's always a, a, a message. And in this story, they will hear a lot. I think they should really use their ears, listen with more than their ears, with their hearts, to the stories, to the words uh, that are being spoken. Really listen carefully. I've certainly been doing that in rehearsal. And I have to say, I'm blown away at some messages and passages and, and thoughts that still astound me that are within the human hearts. Yeah, I would say, um, sort of similarly to what Patrick said, that don't let the text blow by you. I know it's it's hard. You, sometimes you, it's got to carry the story for you, right? It's the vehicle by which we know what's happening. But it's also some, there's some beautiful poetry that I've, the more I hear it, I go, wow, that actually is really, that's really beautiful. It's really well said. It's also really powerful and it's concise. A lot of it. It's like, wow, that's not easy to do. It's it's really well written. Um, there's some fun musical moments. I would say you probably don't have to, I don't have to tell you to listen for the square dance that comes up, but there's a really, there's some really cool music. There's some familiar music. You'll hear things that sound like Southern gospel. All of a sudden you'll hear something that sounds like a Bach chorale. There's moments that are really sort of traditional and some that are like, oh, that's kind of traditional and kind of like, oh, what is this? And that's really exciting to sort of hear things that are familiar to the ear, but in a new way. So be ready to kind of explore a little bit with the with the music. But in terms of something to sort of focus in on, maybe I think that overall, particularly for Omar's part, the way that the voice is used and when it's used, because there are moments where I would expect, I think operatically for something to become this big operatic moment. And instead, sometimes it's the opposite. There's some sort of reflective moments. There's some sort of like, this is more about, I think it's more about the text that's happening. So I would say, check out that text as much as you can as it's flying above your heads. I know it's in English, so hopefully you'll be here and I will do my best to give you as much of my words as I can so you don't have to worry about that and you can you can really feel it and follow it in your heart as Patrick said. Other than that, I would say just be ready to have a good time because the music, there are still scenes, we just saw a scene last night that I don't think I had heard since the read through at the beginning of our rehearsal period and it was great music and I kind of was going, oh man, I can't wait to see this part. So be, be excited to hear some good stuff too. Yeah, my answer is, is basically identical to what Ashley just said. I mean, I, I actually have, because I've been experiencing this for the first, we've all been experiencing this for the first time. And, and the one thing that I would say is of note, and I think that uh, should be, um, you should pay attention to is exactly what Ashley was saying about all the different influences of music in the composition of the piece. And I think that was highlighted when Rhiannon, the composer, joined us last week because it was very clear that she was very intentional about what she chose to put in this piece. And I think it all encompasses and represents the African-American heritage. I mean, it's just so many influences from traditional classical sounds to the square dancing thing, to gospel, to some very, and everything points in between. It's all well done. It's all well sung. And I think that people will enjoy it because it's a journey that you don't often get and many operas. And when I say a journey through that amount, you know, that, that many different influences, it definitely is something to hear and you will definitely recognize 
everything that I said and more. So just take a seat and enjoy the ride. Don't miss the West Coast premiere of Omar at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion October 22nd through November 13th. Tickets are available now at laopera.org. If you enjoyed listening to LA Opera's Behind the Curtain, subscribe and leave a rating or review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen. Don't forget to share this episode with your friends on your favorite social media, and we'll see you at the opera. Bye.